I have no computer. I have no preparation. It's all got to come from here, baby. Well, welcome back to the interview podcast on the Wyoming Link Podcast Network. Uh, Milbank, South Dakota. Senator John Wick is with us again. Thanks for coming in. The introductory return. Is that, is that like when people say the first annual event? The first <laughs> annual event, exactly. Yeah. We're going to do this every year, right. but this is the first one. We promise. All right, um, so you are how far into the session currently? It, well, uh, first, today is 23 of February. Today is the 23rd of February. We have approximately three weeks of session left. Uh, how far along on the... Uh, progress chart are you guys thinking well monday is what is called crossover day that is uh, friday was a very important date for the legislature as friday all bills had to be uh, pushed through the committee of their house of origin so that means all senate bills had to move through their senate committee to be uh, discussed on the floor and that means they either uh, were died in committee were referred to a date beyond the end of session, which is a polite way to kill someone's bill. Or <laughs> we'll get to it in June; it'll be fine. Yeah, uh, it's called the forty-first day. By is, is that a thing? Like that's by, a real thing. That's a real thing. Our state constitution says we may not meet more than forty days for our legislative session. So, if you want a polite way to kill someone's bill, you refer the bill. For action on the forty-first day. Okay, so how is that polite? Because they, you know, they know it's not a secret. Well, that is a debatable motion. So you give them one last chance to cry about their bill. Does that decision ever change at that after that yes. moment? Typically, yeah. Occasionally, you'll they'll give one last pitch. Somebody will change their mind and they'll say substitute motion. I say do pass, and then you have the dueling motions. And it's the there. There's a little book called the Red Book. Where all motions are all laid out. It's all according to Masons. Is it red? It is. Okay. And uh, your your orders of uh, motions are all there. Number one motion, non-debatable, is to adjourn. Takes precedence over all other motions. So if someone motions to adjourn, everything else just... And, everything and second, just stops. Done. No debate, <laughs> and the vote is taken right there. That's how important leaving is. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so, yeah, we have the 41st day motion. We have do pass or we have the tabling motion. Now, the tabling motion is kind of rude because that's a non-debatable motion. So when you move to table, that's like we're ending this discussion right now and I want your bill to die. Normally, that would be the polite motion in smaller units of government. Mm-hmm. Table means we can set it on the table for discussion mm-hmm. later. Out there, table is, we're done. It's the back You table. are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. Huh. So, um, so the, the bills have to move through committee. You've got uh, your due pass motions, and they go to the floor for full debate. And if they pass the floor, then they go on. Like I'm talking the Senate. Then they'll move over to a House committee, and then they'll go through the House, and they'll either be signed by the governor, vetoed by the governor, or uh, killed in the House or the House committee. That happened to a couple of our bills. They made it through the Senate. The committee had no problem. Made it through the full Senate, and they died in the House committee. And I thought that was a little strange, but it's their right. They can do what they want. We've done if we've done that to a few of theirs too, and that's the way so, it is. So, the, I mean, the verbiage of "died in committee" means that it was referred to the forty-first day or table. Okay. or moved. So they on. just decided not to 
to they, bring it forward. Yeah, they did not bring it to the floor for debate in the House. Now, does that mean it, it finished its debate in the committee? Like it got all that done, mm-hmm. and they just it was over, and they just decided that they did, that going was, forward. It they wasn't. decided that was not a good idea for a law, and they voted either to uh, defer to the forty-first day or to table the bill and ended its uh, debating right there. Wow. See, what's nice in South Dakota compared to other states is every bill has to have a hearing. No matter how weak the idea, no matter how great the idea. A hearing where? Every bill goes to a committee for a public hearing. Mm -hmm. And if that committee is sold on that idea, then it moves to the floor of that respective body. Like, I'll say, any legislator can introduce any bill for any reason. That bill goes to a committee. If that committee of five, seven, nine, or 13 agree with him, then him or her, then that moves on. And then it goes to the floor of, say, the Senate for debate. And then if that moves on and goes to another public hearing in the House, and then to the House hearing, and if both the Senate and House agree on the verbiage and there's no amendments, then it goes straight to the governor, and the governor may sign or veto. So what's the shortest time it could take for a bill to get introduced and signed? Uh, without a complete and total suspension of the rules, four days. Okay. You could introduce it on a four-day week on a Tuesday. It would sit for 48 days, or 48 hours, sorry. Mm-hmm. It would sit for 48 hours, and then you can hear it. If it's a joint appropriations bill, there's a, there's a special hole in the rules that allow the budget bill. Mm-hmm. to be introduced in the Joint Appropriations Committee or any appropriations bill and then move through to um, either the House or Senate for hearing the same day. Okay. And then it sits for 24 hours. It goes to the other house. and So you could realistically introduce a bill on Tuesday, leave it sit 48 hours for review, take it up in committee Thursday morning, hear it, pass it if that was the will of the committee let's say it's a senate bill and it moves that afternoon to the senate they hear it and if that passes then they can refer it to the house where the house would vote to calendar and uh, hear it the next day pass it or not and then it's say it's passed it's signed by the lieutenant governor who serves as president of the senate it's handed back signed by the speaker of the house under open session then it's delivered to the governor, and uh, she could sign it same day if she wanted. So literally, you could have a new idea introduced on Tuesday and have it be law by Friday afternoon. Okay. Um, give me, for the moment, the most controversial bill that's passed so far. See, that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> um. A lot of people would say the uh, permitless carry bill was the most controversial. It was the first one the governor signed. It was mm-hmm. Senate Bill 47. Uh, I voted for that um, for a host of reasons. And a lot of people were really concerned about it, but I really didn't even view it as controversial because um, there, there's 10 pieces of law, 10 rules, basically, that if you violate any of these 10 things, you, you can't get a pistol permit. Well, if you violate these 10 things, then you can't open carry. Did you know South Dakota was has always, for recent history anyway, been an open carry state? Unless you have a concealed carry permit, then you can't do that. No, open carry means you can walk around with no permit. Oh, sure. And yeah. 
strap the big old chrome 45 to your hip and mm-hmm. jingle jangle right down Main Street. As long as it's in the open. As long as sure. it's in the open. Your coat falls over it, and then you needed a permit. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was dumb. Right. So now we just say, well, you can concealed carry for the same, if you don't have the same 10 disqualifications that you can open carry. And as far as the permitting system, we were a shall issue permit. So if you didn't meet those 10 qualifications you that was the only way you didn't get a permit oh so uh, to open carry you had to have a permit as well no okay so then the permitless carry just means uh, you can walk down the street and your coat falls over it or let's say i have a permit my wife doesn't i keep a pistol in the console of my pickup just because you know you hit a deer it's laying there suffering you want to put it down or personal protection whatever uh, floats your boat um I run into the grocery store. My wife doesn't have a permit. She could All be arrested. Sudden, that's a felony, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Class one misdemeanor, I oh, think, okay. but still. That's, you know, pretty hefty. $1,000 fine minimum. So, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. So that's that's probably, it's the one that got the most uh, press so far. And, of course, uh, there's a lot of press on uh, the governor's uh, hemp decisions mm-hmm. going on um but that bill made it through the house I'm trying to remember that bill number i think it's 1192 or something like that but um that bill made it through the house 65 to 2 and a good friend of mine doug post from district 7 down in brookings is one of the two and he is a farmer who sees some problems potential problems with rushing into hemp and he shares some of the same reservations as the governor, but not all. And uh, I have been looking into uh, when North Dakota went into hemp, they went in real early, and they had some unanticipated costs. And since, you know, that's kind of my realm as the chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee, I want to make sure we're not opening up our... uh, checkbook to uh, potential problems so i just want to make sure we're doing everything right and typically when you're you're making a big policy change like that slow is better um there was let me find it here there was a bill that would allow concealed carry i believe on university campus correct yeah that bill what was there? not particularly well written. Okay. Um, there were four reasons I did not agree with that bill. Now, as you know from our last conversation, I am an NRA guy. Okay. I, I believe in the NRA, and this that particular bill was not endorsed by the NRA, by the way. Um, it had some flaws in it. It was a broadly written bill that said the Board of Regents may make no rule Mm -hmm. Uh, prohibiting firearms on their campuses anywhere, which there's a slight problem because NCAA rules, Mm -hmm. if you want to participate in NCAA, they say, well, you have to have guards, but you can't have guns or you can't host an NCAA event. Can the guards have guns? The guards can have guns. But But you also can't have a native mascot either and be a part of the NCAA. I know. In a lot of states. It's not that I agree (laughs) with the NCAA. It's just if you want to play uh, NCAA ball, football, basketball, whatever ball, 
you need to follow their rules. Okay, so that's part of a problem. Um, SDSU teaches early learning, so they have a daycare on campus. Typically, that's not a place where parents are comfortable having firearms around. Um, and there's a, a new building being erected on the campus of Dakota State University in Madison, South Dakota, called the Mad Labs, the Madison Computer Labs. I thought Mad Labs was kind of a cool nickname for it. But uh, they have a federal contract mm -hmm. with the NSA to study and teach encryption. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are mad coders down in Madison. And uh, the rules of that federal contract say you may not allow firearms in this room for obvious security reasons. And that particular building is owned by the Board of Regents, not by the National Security Agency. So the Board of Regents would have to make that rule. So so your um, opposition to the bill, your no vote, was because it didn't allow them to work with other agencies and create some rule. Exactly. Okay. And then there was an amendment that would have dealt with most of my problems with the bill, and that amendment was defeated on the floor of the Senate. Should, so I had to vote against the bill. Should there be limits outside of, of someone's personal criminal history? Should there be limits on where you can carry a weapon? Well. Protect yourself, shall we say. Um, where do your rights start and someone else's stop? I think that's, that's okay. the question. Um, and, and this was brought up, and I'd never thought about it before. Uh, college environment, you have uh, a dorm room and you have a roommate. Now, let's say you're a big anti-gun guy. I'm a big gun guy. Think that's going to work real well? Would you be comfortable with guns in your room sleeping if you're a big anti-gun guy? Chances are you probably would try to pick a new roommate real quick. Yeah. No matter what. But you know what I mean. I well, mean, sure. Those are things that had never entered my mind. So, well, we had some discussions about it. We ended up voting down the bill, I think. Generally speaking, I think the more open you are with, with firearm regulations to allow more good people to own and carry and, and hopefully never use their firearm, the more bad people... Um, don't have a chance to kill a lot of good people. That's generally speaking how I look at firearms and personal protection. Is there, like, do governments even have the authority, if we really go down to the constitutionality of this, to to impose rules? Well, I mean, I mean, now I think precedent says yes. Precedent but I, I, I'm says talking yes. Founders. Founders. Um. Well, uh, one, a guy I trust um, who does a lot of research before he opens his mouth said that uh, the original Virginia, the original university in Virginia, I think it's the University of Virginia, uh, founded by Thomas Jefferson, did never allow firearms on their campus. Ever. Who, who was it funded by, though? Was that a private entity at the time? I don't know. Okay. He just mentioned that on the floor, and I thought, well, there's an interesting mm -hmm. way to look at it. I guess my, my my question is, I totally get private property. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I, you should be able to make the rule, all the rules you want on your yep. property without question. 
Um, but when it gets to, to public property, which everything government mm-hmm. is supposed to fall under that, can you have a regulation that removes other people's pretty clear constitutional rights? Yeah, that's that's the question, isn't it? Um, Are we too afraid to ask the question for real, like in, in a legislative body? No. I think the question comes up all the time, and what it really boils down to is most of us see the Second Amendment as a, a pretty well-etched-in-stone document that says... Uh, shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed is, is pretty <laughs> pretty clear, and I think South Dakota's Constitution takes it a step farther, makes it even clearer, and... Uh, when you get into public policy and you're dealing with public spaces, so, but are we infringing then? If if it's owned by the public, I believe we are. How do we fix it? Or is is there no fix? Are we too far down the road? I think we're quite a ways down the road. I don't think we can ever bring it back because there's a lot of people that just can't get over the fact that a firearm is a tool. You can do good things with it. You can do bad things with it. And they were invented because they're more efficient than rocks and spears and arrows. (laughs) Because bad people with bad intentions or bad wild animals with bad intentions need to be stopped. And the only way you can do that is with a tool, unless you're the Colorado hiker who killed a mountain lion with his bare hands. Did you hear about that one? I did. Took some work. Kind of got beat up a little bit. But. Yeah, but holy cow. <laughs> you know, I, I would think that I would have the the mental, like, willpower to a, to try desperately to do that. But I can't imagine. Those cats are not little. No. And they are not weak. I can't imagine what that would be like. I. Well, first of all, I don't imagine myself hiking, walking, or running. <laughs> So I don't think I would be put in that situation. But if there's an area where there's mountain lions, you would not catch me hiking, walking, or running without a firearm. So well, but you can't do that in federal state. on any um, BLM land then. You're right. So, so here we go. Federally, can they make that? I mean, if we're going to break it down. I don't think they should because. But should you, or not, but can they? Are they allowed to? I don't think they should be allowed to because. How do we fix it? Shall not be infringed. <laughs> it seems pretty, pretty clear, clear to me. But but it's clearly not. No. To at least some judge that's decided that, well, let's or legislators. It. Rules are made by people to help them get along. And there are some people who are so incredibly uncomfortable around a gun, they don't realize the fact that all the rules they make to uh, protect themselves in their own mind are not followed <laughs> by the people that will harm them. Break the rules. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's as far as we need to go on that. All right, so a, a part of the thing is I there was some comment on the, the interweb that the shock and awe that you would have voted no against that on, on that bill. But that makes, There was that shock that or awe on that? Bit, yeah. and, and, and some thank yous from the left. Oh, I, but, but. I haven't read them. Where did they come from? You'll have to show me later. Um, education. Yeah. Oh, 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 okay. Ready. So, sorry, we're going to go back to just a little bit to the concealed carry thing. Or okay. The non-concealed carry thing. Yeah, no, yeah, the, the constitutional carry. Well. Um, why is that not extended into the building you work in, in Pierre? We're working on that. But it kind of it got voted down pretty quick, didn't it? Uh, well, well, wasn't there a um? No, that a one bill? went through pretty, 
pretty. There was one that Stace got voted Nelson down. Have a bill. Stace Nelson had a bill that was poorly written with a big broad brush. Uh, Jim Stalzer had a bill that went through fairly easily, no opposing testimony, and his rule is the same as Minnesota's rule. Did you know you can carry a gun in Minnesota state capital and you can't in South Dakotas? Really? Yeah. Okay. Under what? You have to have the enhanced permit in okay. South Dakota. Um, now, now, here's the deal. Do they ask you? Do you have to show it to them when you walk in the door? You have to call them uh, 24 or 48 hours in advance and let them know you're coming with it and then check in. Okay. Um, in South Dakota. In Minnesota, just having the permit require is uh, all the requirement needed for your check-in because signing the paper infers that you are uh, preparing to enter the building with a firearm. They, they, they got that worded well over there in Minnesota. So if you have your enhanced permit, which is the same rules as Minnesota's standard carry permit, um, you check in within 48 hours ahead and you have to re-notify every 30 days of your intent to carry in the capital. That's the rules. And that way when you wander in, they just, they know. Mm-hmm. You wander in and, and you say, hi, I'm here, here's my permit, and uh, here's my firearm, and I, I intend to uh, conceal this while I'm in the building. And they say, okay. And they watch you like a hawk and follow you around. No. <laughs> no. The, the, the thing is, most people that have go to, through the trouble of carrying properly mm-hmm. are not doing something stupid. No. no. no I'm they're, sure there's some anomaly, but not very many. Um, are there any... I mean, I'm trying to remember the stats, and I don't think there are any shooters that have been, um, well, clear that they're not law-abiding, but have any of them been, like... Have um, their permits and Yeah, license? it's all, like, above board. Um, I, I don't think so, if I'm remembering right. There have been right. one or two shooters that bought their weapons legally. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And Well, then we should stop that. Stop the legal sale of firearms. <laughs> there you go. Because that's the logic. I know, and I don't, I don't understand that. That would be like we're going to stop drunk driving by stopping sober people from buying cars. Yes. So okay, education. Okay. Um, there was a bill. Let's see. I'm going to read this. This is from, I, I, it's a blog called a constant commoner. I don't know anything about it other than this was February 21st. This was was written. Fairly recently. Mm -hmm. Two days ago. The Republican war on local control of our schools seems to be going well in South Dakota, is the headline. Oh, that's not a loaded headline at all. Meddling in our schools has been a priority for South Dakota's Republican-dominated legislature this year. Transgender phobia has led lawmakers to push a bill, HB 1108, that bans trans er, instruction in gender identity or gender expression in grades K through 7. They're working on a bill, HB 1066, to add a civics test requirement for high school graduation. They unsuccessfully pushed HB 1051 for a special badge to be given to students who showed proficiency in civics education. They effectively killed a bill that would lead to more federal funding of local pre-K programs because, as Republican Speaker of the House Steve Haugard... That's how you pronounce it, very Haugard, good. Haugard, really? Haugard. 
told South Dakota Public Radio he believes that the council created the bill, but the council created by the bill would add a pre-K structure that is, quote, really a transformational approach to instilling a socialist agenda into the system. Hmm. On that last item, I challenge Haugard to present some information countering the raft the raft of supportive data about the benefits of pre-K education. SDPB notes that a Minneapolis Federal Reserve Board study shows decreases in crime and welfare payments to those who have had a pre-K education. I would love to know what the parameters for that study were. Oh, decreases in crime and welfare payments if you've had pre-K. Because you went to pre-K education. Well, then I'm doomed because they didn't have I didn't pre-K go, education. I we went to library school two weeks in the summer Which, before kindergarten. That might have been more. Sorry. The nonpartisan Rand Corporation finds a wider range of academic and social benefits, along with economic returns derived from pre-K education. I'd also love to see how he connects preschool with a socialist agenda. So well, th- th- that's the first blurb. Okay, the in this blog post. I'll tell you the thought process there, and it's crossed my mind more than once, is it seems like it used to be um like when our parents I'm I'm lumping us in the same general age group. Um I think we're close. We're fairly close. <laughs> um our parents didn't even have kindergarten. You started in first grade. You moved on. And once you finished eighth grade, that was your primary education. That's all you needed. Mm-hmm. Then if you wished, you could attend the secondary education, which was high school. And then you moved on to your your post-secondary options. Now, uh, when was it? In the late 60s, they added the kindergarten. Now we have the pre-K. And there is a mindset of, well, the government is educating our children to the point where we drop them off when we leave the hospital and we'll uh, pick them up in 18 years if we even recognize them so we can figure out how to pay for their college. Now, I'm not saying no, I agree with that. No, we pick them up that. every night to put them to bed. Well. And then if we don't get them up in time and send them out the door, then the policeman comes with a gun to pick up our children to send them to school. Well, there's that. I mean, it's, that's a little dramatic, but it's, I mean, if you take it to the end. If you take it to the extreme, that's true. Now, I'm not saying I necessarily agree in all that. It is in our South Dakota Constitution that we are to provide a moral, free education. Moral is in there. Moral Boy, is in that's our Constitution. Fascinating. But in, in relation to education. Yes. Okay. We are to provide a moral, free, and quality education to the children of South Dakota. That is... If I remember correctly, and I, I could be wrong on the sequence, but I believe that is our Constitution as written. House Bill 1108. Okay, that says you cannot talk about transgender until eighth grade. It prohibits certain gender dysphoria instruction. That's what I mean. Correct. Talk yeah, about, yeah. Basically, you can't talk about <laughs> it in mm-hmm. class until eighth grade. Um, what... Uh, has this passed? Has uh, this gone through everything? It's gone through the House, I believe. So it's coming it's to you coming guys to now? It's coming to the Senate. Yeah, we haven't seen it. It's going to go through the Senate uh, Education Committee, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't 
I mean, the, the PDF text of the bill mm-hmm. <laughs> is one page. Yeah. And it's not even that. It's no. printed on one page. But it doesn't take up the whole page. It says, for an act entitled, an act to prohibit certain gender identity instruction in public schools, be it enacted by the legislature of the state of South Dakota, section 1, the chapter 13 through 33 be amended by adding a new section to read the following. No instruction in gender identity or gender expression may be provided to any student in kindergarten through grade 7 in any public school in the state, period. Okay. A little tip if you look up on the bill, you'll see prime sponsor. That's the first name on the house. Pishke. Tom Pishke's bill. And then who's the prime in the Senate? The first name out. Jensen. Okay. That's Phil Jensen. Blair. Rapid City. And DeSanto. Okay. Uh-huh. Who are these people? Um, They're conservatives. Okay. They're uh, moral and social conservatives. They have uh, a I get along with them really well. They've got a, a host of good ideas. And where I tend to disagree is I have my little libertarian streak mm-hmm. where you are, as, as as much as I agree with the general idea of where they're going, is now you're forcing the government through the heavy hand of government to do your will instead of the will it has been doing, where you should just say, uh, this is totally up to the the local teachers and students and if um, the parents come home and are checking their kids homework and say uh, why is my third grader learning about uh, Heather has two mommies and that kind of stuff do you you really think uh, that's right and then they can go to the school board and change it because then that gives more local control more local options like uh, you could say, well, that's being taught in Millbank. Big Stone doesn't teach it. Fine, I'm sending my kids to Big Stone because they don't teach that. And then that gives you freedom of choice, freedom of expression, freedom of freedom of freedom. I think the other side of that is people go, well, then it's, it's going to be a burden on me to, to get my children to a school, or it's a burden on me to go and interact with the school board and get right. them to change. Because what if I'm, um, as an example, what if there are five families in a 500-family group that have a problem well then they're going to lose so what do they do are they out they i'm saying that then, they, then then is that the idea i just entered my rule? thought process into this yeah. i'm not saying that uh, i don't agree with them that this bill is probably necessary because it's sneaking into the curriculum all over the place yeah so the problem is when you get into the common core and you get into stuff like this is remember we're a very low population state so anytime you say we don't teach Common Core or we don't teach this and we can't teach that, now all of a sudden you can't find textbooks mm-hmm. because the textbooks are written for California, Texas, Texas, and New York. Right, yeah. So uh, the rest of the states pretty much have to follow along with that or you can't buy a textbook. So are we just doomed to the the will of those no. populous areas? That's the fight, and that's what I really enjoy about our our new uh, interim. And I kind of hope he keeps the job, uh, Secretary of Education. He's a uh, he's an interesting guy, Doctor Ben Jones. He is uh, big on local control. He's big on uh, doing things his own way, and I like the guy. I I really enjoy my conversations with him so far and i i really think he can administer a lot of this by rule and if you'd rather have the law 
yeah, we'll pass that law. I'd think the way it's written, I'd probably vote for it. We'll see how mm-hmm. it comes out of committee if I get my chance to. But yeah. I, I don't see a problem with that. And I, I don't think that's being a hater. It's being, you know, my I'm going to deal with that my own way with my own family. And I don't want my children introduced to that, if possible, until they're at least old enough to understand it. Yeah. Now, there's some who would say that's just a, a Neanderthal mindset and wrong. But Well, this uh, this post writer says it's transphobia or transgender phobia. So whatever that is. Well, it appears that we're just all supposed to. And, and this is basically society. It's the question. Are. What has society become? Where are we? I mean, is, is is this what you're comfortable with for your kids? And why do you think there's so much homeschooling? Why do you think there's so many uh, people moving to a Christian-based education? Um, it's just society has become so far open. Have we opened the door too far and crossed the line where we can't get it back? And now we're going to all retreat into our little holes to teach just what we want, and society starts to fall apart because we're all not speaking the same language, dealing with the same issues. But I, what is the goal of education? And I think that probably would be the starting point. And if we go back to go back to the Constitution, what the Constitution says. Now that's potentially subjective, right? Moral. What's moral mean? Now, our me and your perspective, a moral might be different than the guy down the road. Well, I look at it, what was moral in 1889? <laughs> you think that's the standard? That's the standard to me. Interesting. I mean, when you look back at uh, what was considered moral in 1899, well, have you ever read, and I'm fascinated by this kind of history, have you ever read the uh, the hiring manual for teachers from 1908? No. There's There's these books that show up. That uh, a young lady should not be seen in the presence of gentlemen. Uh, the skirt <laughs> should never be higher than their ankle socks. <laughs> they should never leave the house with less than four petticoats on. Uh, in the winter, that makes some sense. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the 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 rules are just like, mm-hmm. whoa. And then you see how far we've slipped from that. Is that good? Is that bad? I, yeah. I don't think we should force teachers to walk around with four petticoats on, but I mean. <laughs> okay, well, what do you think of this concept? Because this is going farther down in the uh, this person's article. Okay. Uh, John uh, Citrian is the guy's name. C.S.? T.S. Oh, T.S. Citrian. Okay. He's a national guy. T-S-I-T-R-I-A-N. Right? I, I, I don't know. This yeah. is the constant commenter. It's a bunch okay. of South Dakota Stuff. I've heard that name before. Okay. I just can't place where he belongs. Okay. Sorry. Um, after, let's see, these efforts are driven by Republicans who believe that their peculiar notions of what should and should not be taught in our schools ought to be determined by a central authority. That they're acting on that impulse and still calling themselves Republicans typifies the most hypocritical aspects of the modern GOP, a party that once defended individual and local control of our social institutions, schools being paramount among them. Heck, the 2016 National Republican Party platform states explicitly that, quote, parents have a right to direct their children's education, end quote. 
and that the party, quote, supports a constitutional amendment to protect that right from interference by states, the federal government, or international bodies, end quote. The GOP platform goes on to say that it, quote, calls for parent-driven, choice-based accountability at every stage of schooling. Have you ever read the National Republican Party platform? <laughs> Not recently. It's 58 pages long. <laughs> it deals with everything in minutia. Yeah. I was, uh, last summer, I was asked to be on the platform committee of the state Republican Party in South Dakota. Okay. And I attempted uh, to simplify our party platform to a single page, double-spaced. That didn't work out. I got close. It's three pages. We went from seven to three and a half. Okay. And I just, I believe in, in, in broad statements and in inclusive parties that can work together to solve problems. I don't believe in dealing with the minutiae saying, if you don't agree with page 59, line 7, mm -hmm. you're not you're a out. Republican. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I believe in the, the party of Abe Lincoln when, when founded, and that was... We're a lot of different things, but we all agree that you shouldn't be allowed to own other people. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds reasonable. If you look at the party platform from the first national convention in, was it 1854, 1856, that's basically what it was. Really? Yeah. You're, you're just, you should never be allowed to own other people. All right. I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. And then it evolved from that to a, a line of basic equality of all colors all races that people are people people are people Period. Yeah. people are people and you should not own other people that was what the republican party was actually founded upon so and now it's a textbook now it's a textbook <laughs> so but, but what do you think about the concept that this whole idea around what this john is saying that well, this this that that this one bill let's say or these few bills that have been brought forward um education wise are forcing, like like removing individual control and taking it to a central authority. Well, I brought in my my libertarian based Republican thinking. Absolutely, and yeah. you played perfect devil's advocate right into their mindset. <laughs> and if you're one of those people who's not seeing this addressed, and you're not, you feel powerless in your home school district. What do you do? You go to the legislature, mm -hmm. and that's what's going on. So you've got people who have brought this, people who are really serious about these types of issues. And if you look, they're getting elected more and more and more and more. The social conservatives are getting elected in South Dakota. They're working harder. They're doing their work. And the Republican Party in South Dakota is shifting a little bit farther to the right again right now. It's a pendulum. It swings back and forth. Uh, you can say that uh, uh, Dennis Dugard was a little left of center for the Republican Party as governor. Christy Nome was a little bit right of center in the Republican Party as a governor. And the makeup of the House and the Senate is, is drifting over to the right along that same lines with the same pendulum. Uh, look at District 21. Uh, District 21, you had uh, a, a moderate Democrat named Julie Bartling, 
and a senator named um, uh, Kevin Sutton. You may have heard of him. He ran for governor. Lost. Kevin? And he was, was it Kevin? Oh, Billy. Billy, sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I talked to Kevin Sutton the other day out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so you, and I graduated with a guy named Kevin Sutton. Well, no, he was a year ahead of me, but oh, I went to high school. So sorry, Billy Sutton. So you've got uh, Julie Bartling and Billy Sutton are, are elected from District 21. Now all of a sudden, uh, in District 21, you have Senator Rocky Blair, mm-hmm. who was one of those on the bill, mm-hmm. and uh, Caleb Fink, F-I-N-C-K, um, from the House. And along with the majority leader in the House, Lee Qualm. That's your District 21 representation. All the Democrats are gone, including Billy Sutton. Billy Sutton was turned out of the Senate. That's why oh, he chose to run for governor. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought he, okay. Oh, he's gone. Oh. He's not there. Rocky Blair is the senator from that district, and you mm-hmm. saw Blair. Mm-hmm. Now, what a great name. Hi, I'm Rocky Blair. <laughs> and there's another guy. K-107. Yeah, there's another guy out there. His name is Manny Steele. Representative, <laughs> District 12, Sioux Falls, Manny Steele. Nice. <laughs> what a great name. And here I am, John Wick. Must die. No. Right? No, no. That's, oh, the movie's coming out, what, May? I, I don't know, John Wick actually. I, I was, I was, um... Asked to ask you if there are any John Wick Must Die posters around the Capitol. Not yet. I'm sure there are somewhere, <laughs> but I've never seen one. Right. <laughs> you know, as the head of the Appropriations Committee, uh, you don't end up with a lot of extra friends. I, okay, yeah. You know how that goes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, I'm kind of akin to the grumpy old man in charge of the checkbook. All right. You kids. Uh, in Pierre on Wednesday, this is from Kelloland on Thursday, two days ago. Uh, in Pierre, Wednesday this week, the House State Affairs Committee killed a bill that would have mandated South Dakota health insurers include autism and therapy known as ABA in their coverage. One mom with a child who has autism says losing ABA therapy coverage has put a strain on her family and marriage. Mm-hmm. Officials with health care also testified. Um, Lisa Carlson from Sanford Health said, I want to be clear today in offering testimony to, in testimony today is not to dispute the stories you've heard here from families today or to downplay the experiences and the impact the ABA has had on families who have received ABA services, but rather my intent is to shed light on the process and the impact that benefit mandates have insurance policy holders across the state. Okay, yeah, that, that was, they missed a word there. I think so. Um, the committee took boils... 90 minutes and often emotional testimony before voting 7-4 to four to send the bill to the 41st day, <laughs> effectively killing go. the bill. Yep. Opponents testified that the bill is a mandate and would require the state of South Dakota to pick up as much as $1.4 million or more in costs. There you go. Um, it's one of those, if... We step in as legislators and tell your insurance company what they must do, what they must pay for. They have no choice but to raise your rates. So there's the balance. Um, Do you want affordable insurance that covers most things? Or do you want to come to us with every single treatment, make it be mandated, and then 
the price goes up for everybody. So you can't have those basic rider policies because when we write a law, that that's, again, I, I hate to use this cliche all the time. That's a broad brush. It mm-hmm. fits every insurance plan. You must cover it. Mm-hmm. It's it's like when they changed, uh, you know, if you don't like the term Obamacare, the, uh, the ACA. The, the mm-hmm. ACA um, oh, to make all every, sudden, all women have to have pregnancy coverage. All yeah. people. Oh, but yeah, that too. Yeah. So if I'm by myself, <laughs> right? I have to pay for my own pregnancy coverage. Sounds reasonable. Exactly. So that's what happens when the government gets involved in anything. Have you ever Googled the uh, bicycle built by committee? No. <laughs> find that. It's a Rube Gold. You don't have to find it right now. Okay. There's like a million stories yeah. told about the bicycle built by committee. You have to find the original picture. Because the committee sits around and say, well, bicycles tip over too easily. Maybe it should have four mm-hmm. wheels. Well, now it's not a bicycle, but it's still built by committee. And it, it's a long, drawn-out <laughs> yeah. story. But it's a bicycle built by committee. And any time you involve a government process with a private sector issue, you end up with more cost and uh, more problems. So uh, would it be reasonable to assume that maybe the writers of the bill, sponsors of the bill, might back here in the back of their head be pushing for maybe a um a, a state run who are the sponsors medicare for all did you pull up the bill i didn't i believe see. it's 1236 uh, and that did get ki- it got it got referred, <laughs> it got to, referred the to the 41st, 41st legislative day. day all right where's the search button 2019 bills Perhaps. Oh, brother. HB what? Yeah, 2019 bills. HB 1236, I think it was. 1236. Revise certain provision regarding health insurance coverage. That was it. Uh, So we're looking for the sponsors. Yep. CWAC. Uh, Schwack. Oh, I was going to say quack, but that'd be weird. Schwack? Schwack. Okay. It's... uh, McCleary, Perry, and Sullivan. Okay, those are... Those are Democrats. Yeah. Senators. Heinerland. Heinerland? Heinert? Heinert. He- oh, Heinert. Spaces matter, people. Yes. Heinert and Wismer. 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 She's District 1. She's right up the road oh. here. Roberts, Marshall, okay. um, Day, and Brown. It uh, failed on a 7-4 vote. Mm-hmm. That's close. And what it boils down to, again... If you want the government running your health care, it's going to get more expensive. So how what the claim from Kelloland, they said, was opponents testified that it would require the state of South Dakota to pick up as much as $1.4 million. Where Why would that be the case? Why would they say that the state would have a higher bill? I can't figure that okay. one out. I'm saying the taxpayers would have to exactly. spend another $1.4 million sure. on I, their insurance. Out of their own pocket. And, you know, my I looked. My... Health insurance offered through our own little business uh, covers that. You can still buy oh, okay. insurance that covers it. It's just, just is it an add-on or is it part of the policy? It's you part have? of that policy okay. that we have. Hmm. That government mandating is bad. Yeah, so you can go buy that. Right. It's, it's not just, removed. Yeah, it's not saying that you can't provide it. Yeah, it's it's optional. But if you want to buy that coverage, it is. Expensive. Um, this I found this story specifically because it was shared by said Billy Sutton. Okay. On the 
Thursday. Okay. With his caption saying, from him, yet another example of the important work left to do to strengthen South Dakota families. Well, again. That could have been the governor. If you want your health insurance to cost a lot of money and cover everything, then you go buy that if you want, is the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then there should be a basic run-of-the-mill policy that will prevent you from losing your home or your uh, way of life for a catastrophic illness. And that's what I believe insurance should be. I don't... That's what it was intended to be. I don't... Yeah, I don't believe insurance should be your financing plan. I mean... Well, it also isn't... It it would be like wanting your car insurance to cover your oil change. Exactly. Or your new tires. You should ding for that one. That was perfect. (laughs) Because I'd like that. I mean, that'd be great if that, by me owning that insurance policy Hello, in my car. Hello, Allstate. Yeah. I'm due for an oil change. <laughs> Where do you want me to go? Oh, your preferred provider is in Sioux Falls. Exactly. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. That's why I, I think the bill failed. I, I think some people would call that uh, being cruel, and I, I just be, I view that as being a good steward with people's money. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, House Bill 1244. No, I'm, I'm I assume familiar. you're just going to know these right off I don't the top know of all head. of them. I was lucky because somebody else asked me about 1236. Okay. Nice. Um, this is uh, for an act entitled, An Act to Provide for the Disclosure of Certain Documents and Records of Public Officials. Now, again, I find this one more time because it was shared by our friend, Mr. Sutton, who, who just for the record, um, would not agree to come on the show during the campaign. That's why he lost. We try. Well, unfortunately, the governor would not agree either to do it. That's so. why she barely won. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, we need her on in here though. I'm so working. You got to work on that. I'm working on it. Mean, as soon as we can make that happen, let's do it. Okay. Um, in, you in, want her in, in the studio? Room. Absolutely. Yeah, that's in fine. studio. Yeah. Um, she actually uh, comes to Milbank quite regularly. Well, we got to work that out then. Yeah. Because I I, I would love to. Give I've her run this. into her at runnings more than once. I'm just going to say something I won't. Um, just, that, that's intriguing. Yeah. Um, so, again, Mr. Sutton posted this and said, our, campa- our campaign was rooted in restoring trust and integrity to our democracy. Our open records laws set the, let the sun shine on state government, but the status quo and peer rejected past efforts to open more information to the public. So what did this... Do you realize what his idea on email would have cost the state? Every email ever sent has to be publicly available for how many years? And then it would have had to be separated on its own isolated server. You know how many? You mean just the archive? Yeah. yeah. Nobody talks about that stuff. Oh, no. Just make it happen. It's the internet. Heck, let's add 5G. We need 6G. Just ask the Trump, ask, ask the Prez. Yeah. Sit with 5 and even 6G. Really? Five? I don't want 5. I don't want some radiation melting pot in my well, hand Are you kidding 5g you gotta be what 40 feet from a tower yeah. for it to work and so that puts towers everywhere yeah and right here at your face no thanks no okay the fact that i just heard this the other day the, the, there's a new phone coming out i don't know if i think huawei's making it um it's got sensors that if it senses your finger near the antenna it will actually stop like using that antenna so it doesn't burn you and yet we want this technology. And Mr. Senator Thune is all about 
5G and getting it in South Dakota right now? Well, it's got to be tested somewhere, and Sioux Falls is the right size city to test it. <laughs> what? You mean just to see if it causes cancer well, and burns everyone? <laughs> but it's stuff like that that I am frustrated as just a, a nobody citizen. Yeah. That no one gives a rip that the manufacturers of these devices are having to put in safeguards so the device won't fry you as you use it. I think that might be a little strong. I mean, the old bag phones we used to have, those generated... We uh, don't have them anymore, do we? Though, but those generated five watts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This little cell phone here. By the way, this is a 5G-capable phone. Oh, get it out of here. Get it out of our building. <laughs> well, I don't have the adapter. This is one of those uh, Motorola's that it's they got the Moto Mods for it. Mm, okay. All right, so you can just slap a 5G network mm-hmm. antenna on the back of it. And then your this, head's going to melt. Your brain will fry. It'll be good. Yeah. So um, this operates, I believe, on a third of a watt. Mm-hmm. So the amount of radiation for each call sure. is down significantly. Absolutely. Now, the amount of devices has gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. So that potentially is causing something. However, I still don't know the everyday i mean 5g they're selling it as well i saw our autonomous cars all of our connected world our internet of things our refrigerators our everything that's our light bulbs that are on the network we got to have this 5g so we can have all that crap do we really want that i'm not comfortable I think with it tech i think when the i mean Silicon the sioux Valley falls chamber even was talking or not the chamber the sioux falls city council in their meeting this week is talking about autonomous trucks that should frighten you to your core. It's a terrible idea. Can First you off, imagine? To make them really safe, you have to remove the people driving cars. You have to. Because I, you can't combine computer and human on the road together. Well, okay. The Especially idea, in South Dakota, when, when it snows, you can't see the road. I know. Does that shut down traffic all Commuting during a snowstorm? Well, there's a company that runs trucks here in Millbank. Okay. They have radar sensors and cameras that uh, avoid, you know, they they alert you when you leave your lane. Yep. And you can honestly, they're they're computer controlled on their speed. So Mm -hmm. you can go 60, either 2 or 7 miles an hour, doesn't matter. And you put your cruise on. And I talked to one of the drivers and he said, yeah, it works really slick. You just... You just drive, and you put your cruise on at 62 or 67, whatever it is, and you get into Chicago, and when the traffic slows down, I don't even have to apply the brake. Truck slows me right down, mm-hmm. and then as the car in front of me starts to spread the gap, I speed up automatically until I get back to 62, and I'm just cruising through traffic. It does it all by itself, and I thought, that's frightening because you talk about an easy way to fall asleep. Yes. Well, you don't it, have to do anything. I was in uh, November 2017. I was in Galveston, Texas. So I, we did an event down there for our business. And so I uh, rented a Suburban to go down in. And it was a new one. Mm-hmm. And it has all that lane detection, lane, like, departure. Yep. So not, it doesn't mm-hmm. just yell at you. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't just do that. It then pulls you back into your lane. Okay. Now- 
I didn't know that was actually in the car until we're in Arkansas somewhere. It's late. And I'm going around these curvy, curvy mountains. It's, I love it. I grew up in mountains like that, so it's fun. So I was having a good time driving. Well, I got a little close to the middle line once, and I felt the wheel just turn a little tighter. I was like, ooh, that was easy. That was nice. Per man, I'm good. Going around, and then I thought, wait a second. When that happens, a light comes on in the dash. What is that for? So then I tried it. There was no cars around. And so I let the car just go toward the middle line. And it went, and then it just pulled me right back around the corner. Now, if you let, don't touch the wheel, it starts yelling at you. Right. It's not self-driving. But that was fantastic until I realized I could get used to this. Yeah. And then really get used to it. So we were going down. There's a, we, were, we stayed in Shreveport, Louisiana that night. And there was a, a, like a jumper interstate between two interstates that they had built. And there was absolutely no cars. It was like 11 o'clock at night and three, two or three lanes going both ways of nothing. And it was uh, probably a 15 or 20 mile stretch just to get between the interstates. And so we were, my wife was looking on the phone to figure out a hotel for us. And so I was leaning on the console, the middle, middle console, looking at the phone with her, with my hand on the wheel. And it, as I would drift to there, I could just feel it pull me right back in the lane. It was terrifyingly fun that I could not watch the road. Now, this is a bad idea. I'm not yeah, saying this is good. Horrible idea. But. That was cool, except it removed my ability to really pay attention to the road. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. House Bill 1088, I think it is. 1088. Uh, the texting and driving ban. Oh, brother. Ten- it would have made, is it 1088, oh, 1086? I don't remember. Again. Um. Would have made uh, texting and driving a primary offense, and I've had a lot of comments from Millbank that you they say really con wanted, men? What? <laughs> a lot of comments from Millbank yes. that they really wanted that bill. Hold on, I got where did they and go? And I what? ended up Sorry. voting against it. I think it's ten eighty eight, ten eighty six, somewhere in there. Ten eighty six. Oh, ten eighty. Prohibit the use of certain electronic devices while driving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Failed on the Senate floor. Sailed through the House, sailed through House Committee, sailed through the Senate Committee, died on the Senate floor. How? It said Senate reconsidered failed. Yays 17, nays 14. Mm-hmm. Was there a threshold they had to meet? 18. Oh, okay. You have to have a majority of members elect. This is not, I mean, this is two, three pages? Well, I guess it's showing the the scratched out parts. Mm-hmm. An act to prohibit the use of certain electronic devices. Did this define devices also in this bill? I believe so. I I, I just know it. the main well, thing it defined that I didn't like about it. In a mobile devi- electronic device. Is it made a primary offense, so you can be pulled over for looking at your lap. <laughs> That's Whether true. there's a yeah. device in it yeah. or not. So, what, is there a carve-out exemption for all law enforcement then? I would assume so, yeah. Because they don't only text and drive. They've got computers. They play on they've a computer, absolutely. And I, I, I get their position that that's their job. They have to do it. Well, how come they're the only ones that are allowed to multitask? They're trained. Bullcrap. They're trained. I'm sorry. That's not very nice. That's okay. They're trained. Because if you read a lot of the studies, you can't multitask. I don't care how good you are. I know. And that although, that was the, the pitch on the bill. Really? Yeah. That 
one of the guys who was a severe proponent of this bill would, when you were going <laughs> I like in that there, verbiage severe proponent. <laughs> uh, he's no longer in there, and no. uh, and I use that for a reason. If if he would ever hear this, he would laugh a lot when I would call him a severe. I'm a severe opponent of this bill. I'm sorry. Oh, oh God. Okay, gotcha. He, got he yeah, would yeah. be, uh, while you're talking, he would be like this, and then every once in a while he would be like, just while you're talking, you would just talk, and he would be doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Look at your phone. I just sent you a message while you were talking mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Does that mean... Uh, I was paying attention, and the guy sitting there was a guy from Millbank, and he told me the story, and he said, yeah, but what did I just say? And he had no recollection of what he was talking about. So you can prove that, yes, you wouldn't have crashed while you sent that text, but you have no idea where you went. And what just happened, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. I'm not saying that texting and driving is a good thing. I just don't think it should be a primary offense because I just think it opens too many doors. Because isn't doesn't that already fall under the distracted driving law that's already on the books? I think it should. And that that was my argument when I was questioned. Because that's been my whole thing. Why in the world? Why do we do need we, a new law? Exactly. There's no value in that other than more more rules that the in, the police have to learn. Yeah. And try to enforce. Distracted driving is distracted driving, whether you're sending a text or eating an ice cream if, cone. If, well, if you're going down the road and you have a hamburger and fries, you're telling that's me not that illegal. That's distracted driving. It should be. Well, I know, but that's not illegal according to the texting ban. <laughs> if you just look at the texting ban, you can have a cheeseburger and fries. You can be eating an ice cream cone when it's 107 degrees, and that's not distracted mm-hmm. driving, but... If, or you have your crying kid in the background. Yeah. That's but distracting. But if I go, oh, let's uh-huh. see, where's my map coming yep. in? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I need to turn pretty soon? Oh, no, I've got four more miles. I do that, poof, I get pulled over. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. This little watch I wear. Mm-hmm. That's an electronic device. Right. So yeah. would that fall under the category? I think so. My map, when I run the map, it buzzes at me when it's time to turn. And uh-huh. I can look at my watch... And it tells me in point four miles you're turning right. Exactly. Is that illegal? Would that have fallen under I think that so. ban? I did not read it that well, clearly. Well, okay, let's see. It does that. say mobile electronic device. And this is the definition. So let's see what it says. Now this didn't pass, correct? No, I voted against okay, it. Okay, but just, it just barely didn't. Right. Mobile it failed on the Senate floor by a vote of seventeen, 17 to, to seventeen. Yeah, uh, uh, Wednesday. Okay. Or no, Thursday. And then Friday, it was up for reconsideration, and there were more people gone, so it failed 17 to 14. Okay. Now, is it done now? It's done. Or will it just keep coming back? It's gone. Well, next time, it'll next year. Next year, it'll come back again. And it'll it'll win. Eventually. Eventually, it'll get there. They'll wear us down. Okay, mobile electronic device. Here's the definitions. Any handheld or portable electronic device capable of... Of providing wireless data or voice voice communication between two or more persons or amuse. Mm. Type this properly. Capable of date wireless providing wireless data or voice communication between two or more persons or, or amusement, so you can't play games on it. Right. Including a cellular phone, broadband, personal communication device. What is that? 
Uh, two, your watch actually would be considered a broadband personal two-way messaging device. device, text messaging device, a pager. Are you kidding? What about every ambulance operator? Meh, out. Those are voice pagers. The buzzer thing that is on there that they have to look at. All the all the local. All the volunteer firemen. Oh, they don't have pagers anymore. Text your phone. Okay. Well, so, so text their phone. That's even better. So they're they're out. So are they exempt from this? They're driving down the road, and all of a sudden they get a call, and they have to park lawfully, park their car to see if there's a fire they have to go to. This well, is a joke. That's why I voted against it. Good. Broad personal communication, two-way messaging device, text messaging device, pager, electronic device. That can receive or transmit text or character-based images. There it is. Your access watch. or Illegal. store data, or connect to the internet. Personal digital assistant, a laptop computer. Cops are out. Cop cars are banned. Under this, computer tablet, standalone computer, portable computing device, mobile device with a touchscreen display that is designed to be worn. Electronic game. Equipment, yeah, there's your watch. <laughs> equipment that is capable of playing a video. Taking photographs, capturing images, or recording or transmitting video, and any similar device that is readily removable from a vehicle and is used to write, send, or read text or data or capture images or video through manual input. So a tablet's out of the question, too. Mm -hmm. um, like a paper tablet, I mean. Yeah. The term does not include a radio designed for the citizens. Ooh, a CB. Okay. So you can still have your good buddy machine. Or the amateur radio service of the FCC or a commercial two-way radio. Breaker 1-9. So that's a def... Okay, then there's a definition of social networking site. Mm -hmm. Why is this defined specifically? You cannot Facebook and drive, Okay. They just gave you all of the, the devices you're not allowed to use, which is everything including a pad of paper. Mm-hmm. So why do they even give a rip what social networking device site is? Doesn't matter. It's they, any any web-based service that allows persons to construct a profile within a founded system and communicate with other users of the site. Who I wrote this? I have nothing this? directly against lawyers. Who wrote this? A lawyer wrote that. For whom? Check your. I'm sorry. Who? Uh, okay. Sponsor. Representatives Barthel. Bartel or Bar Bartel. Bartel. Yeah. From former chief of police in Sioux Falls. He should be, like, kicked out of office. Duvall? She's she's a safety-conscious, decent lady. I serve on her with a lot of committees. She's, she's now, are, a nice I, person. I'm presuming these are Democrats? No. Are, no way. Both Republicans so far. Glanzer? Uh, Republican District 22 Huron. Johns? Uh, he's a retired judge. District 31 lives in Leed. Lesmeister? Democrat, Northwestern South Dakota. Rasmussen. Rasmussen, District 19, no, 20, somewhere down in uh, South Central South Dakota near Mitchell. Are these primarily Republicans? Those are all Republicans so far, except for Lesmeister. He's the Democrat. Then there's uh, Smith, Jamie Smith. Will Jamie Smith is a Democrat. Willardson. Mark Willardson, he's a Republican in Sioux Falls. And Zickmund. Yeah, he's Republican Sioux Falls. Senator Soholt. She is, was the prime in the Senate, Republican Sioux Falls. <sighs> Curd. Sioux Falls, okay. So this is a big city thing. Well, Sioux so, Falls but, but, has a texting but, ban. But, uh, in the city, so, okay, fine, they're covered. Yeah, but they want it statewide. 
No. That's what I said. Kurd, Ewing, Heinert, Kennedy, Novstrup. Yeah. Uh, Ewing is uh, Spearfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heinert, the Democrat leader. Uh, Norstrup is how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. He's uh, okay. District 3 Aberdeen. You said Norse? Norstrup. That's a V. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy. Otten. Oten. Otten. Yeah. Or Kennedy. Uh, he's from Yankton. Uh, he's an attorney. Mm. Great guy. Democrat. And my conversations with him are among my favorite in the whole capital. Really? And uh, uh, Ernie Otten, Sioux Falls. Well, he lives in T. Mm. Roosh, Solano, and White. Uh, Rush. He's a retired judge from Vermilion, and uh, White is a senator from Huron. And Solano? Solano, uh, Rapid City, District 32. Any more you want to know? Ah, I know you you told me you had to be rolling by about now, so I'm just checking the time for you. We couldn't start before then. Yeah. I have a five o'clock, another five o'clock show. Oh, okay, so. good. <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> the David Allen show commences at five today. Oh, cool! So the political ranting begins. <laughs> oh, I would love at to stick around, level. but I've got to be at the Big Stone School at four thirty. Oh, darn it! Okay. Um, yeah. Well, no, th- this does say. Okay, so they have some exemptions here. This section does not apply to a law enforcement officer. Yeah. Firefighter, emergency medical technician, paramedic, operator of an authorized emergency vehicle or similarly engaged, paid, or volunteer public safety first responder during the performance of that person's official duty. So here's my thing. Mm -hmm. Let's say it is a uh, volunteer fireman who is out and gets the message, and he's wandering back, Yep. and he's doing this. He gets pulled over. What happens? Does he show a little card, and the cop goes, oh, you're good to go? Well, the Milbank guys all have license plates. Milbank okay. firemen, they all have license plates. So, And then the police would also be aware that there's a fire. So they would have to be in the... In transit. Engaged in volunteer public safety. Right. Which, by the way, firemen are not supposed to break the speed limit laws either. Neither are police officers, are they? Not uh, technically. Uh, I mean, They're unless... allowed to under extenuating circumstances. Right. Yeah. The firemen are not. Like a fire, fire truck. A volunteer mm. fireman is not supposed to break the speed limit laws on his way. There's a I've story. I've seen a couple kind of go nuts in town before. There, there's a, a story of a volunteer fireman. They keep this in the Big Stone Fire Hall, a newspaper clipping of the story. Um, uh, he tried to pass in a no-passing zone and ended up killing himself and a young family in a mm. head-on collision. Well, that's just stupid. On his way to a fire hall to get to a fire that turned out to be a dumpster, they closed the lid. So, it's uh, one of those know your priorities, yeah, okay? Absolutely, yeah. Be safe. Don't be stupid. That's. I think that could sum up most of the laws people try and get passed. If you just say, uh, be safe, know your limitations, know your priorities, and don't be stupid. Mm-hmm. This uh, section does not also, also does not apply to the use of a global positioning or navigation system feature of a mobile electronic device, but does apply to manually entering information in the GPS or nav system. Okay, mom. Yes. This is absolutely like Big Brother that's, that's sit, one sitting of those, with you in the car. That's one of those I caught a lot of heat for my no vote on that, but I thought uh, it was the who? right thing to do. I don't want to mention names. Okay, that's fine. That's I'm, I'm that's fine. You don't want to throw nice. people. I, that's all I right. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But so the the entire bill essentially reads or was the the definitions 
Yeah, and then and then this is the new section. No person may access, read, or post to a social networking site while operating a motor vehicle. Yeah, a violation is in this section is a class two misdemeanor. Now, um, then it says mobile electronic device used in violation of section two or section three may be seized by a law enforcement officer to establish a violation. Uh huh. So they can take it from you. They'll they'll take it from and you look and look at it now and look through your texts. Okay. What if it can says they, I'm on my way to go blow up a bridge? Can they compel you to unlock it? According to this, does it say? It just says they can it doesn't I don't see anything where it says to access the data. Right? Um, mobile electronic device used in violation may be seized to establish a violation. Either of those sections, uh, either of those they sections. They can't establish a violation if you don't unlock it. Right. However, uh, a mobile electronic device may be seized upon compliance with the search and seizure requirements of chapter 23A and 35. It says nothing of being able to look in it. There you go. That's that's a little broad. I mean that. that well, it doesn't, I'm sorry. That's yeah. a that's kind of a gaping hole. Are you compelled to unlock it? Great question. I wish you were out there. Why don't you run? <laughs> I'll come talk. That's it. Okay. <laughs> no, I have no. That's a great question. Running. Well, because that that is the issue with the concept of fingerprint reader, your biometrics. Yeah. To to use this now, you cannot. The, the, I believe the Supreme Court has upheld. That you cannot be legally compelled to give up information. Like that's Fifth Amendment. Yeah, Fifth Amendment. Yeah, yep. That will incriminate mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You you can't. So they cannot force you to give you to give up your password. However, they can force you to give up your fingerprint. So if I don't have my fingerprint. Correct. If you don't use that, but now the brand new phones. Yeah. Exactly. I use the little Go for it. And then, and then, but what you do is how many times until it has to get a password to get in? The Apple phones have a feature. If you push the power button five times quickly, it automatically removes the ability to use your thumbprint. It forces you to use a password. Okay. Even if you have a thumbprint. Mm. Now, the brand new phones don't have a thumbprint reader, they scan your face. So here's what I want to know. Can we be compelled to, to open your eyes? Open your eyes so I can hold your phone up to your face. Yeah, that's a great question. This this is where it gets sketchy. Yeah. Because if they can steal my phone, they can't get in it unless they force me to give up secret information in my head. And that, I believe, is protected under the Fifth Amendment. I think the Supreme Court has, has inscribed enshrined that in law oh i can't wait to find that one out that's interesting that's a great i wish i would have been smart enough to think of that for the argument on the floor i would have said are you compelled to unlock it yeah and and to what end yeah exactly can can they can you be arrested if you don't unlock it if you give it up what's it what's the use of it too bad that day i was spending the whole day trying to figure out how to balance the budget yesterday it got voted down the last time yes gone this well, year good oh man now and i'm all for the law enforcement managing people that are distracted you yep. know what let's get those people off the road yep and this is distracted it You're is looking down 
I see people all the time. They, they, they're rolling to a stop sign, and they're doing this as they're rolling to the stop sign. Okay, mm-hmm. that to me, that's distracted driving. That's probably already covered in a current law. I believe it is. So then why in the world do we need more rules? Uh-huh. Enforce, it's like immigration. Enforce the laws we have. We don't like them. Change them or add new. And it's like gun laws. Enforce the laws we have. We don't need more. Yeah, but some of us might um, contend that some of the laws we currently have. <clears throat> some of the laws we have go too far. <laughs> but so, you know what I mean. Anyway, right. Yes. What else? Um, well, that's probably... You said you have how many more days? 20? Uh, like no. Three, two more weeks? Two more weeks. Four four day weeks. We're, we're oh, down sorry there. about that. 12 days. You know, it's a citizen legislature, so we all have jobs and lives outside of this, and we try to get home at least enough to where you can, you know, remind your, like, for the professional guys, remind your secretary what you look like (laughs) out of three months of the year. Uh, Is is the the demeanor on the House and Senate floor, is it... Jovial? Is it nice? Is it really tense? Is it my committee? Happy? See, I'm a chair, so I get to kind of choose the mood of my committee, and I generally keep it light but very respectful. Play some samba in the back. No, there's never any music allowed. I cleared that. That was cleared up for me. Um, oh, you mean that's a specific rule? <laughs> there's all kinds of very specific rules if you go through your red book. Uh, anything that uh, distracts from the committee is viewed as a disruption and must be hammered down. So, I mean, if your phone goes off during committee, oh, you're you can have them on the a fine money. Yes. If if you're sitting in my committee room and your phone goes off and distracts the the uh, testifier, you're buying donuts for everybody in my committee. That's the rule. I established. You make that rule. Yes. Other people make you donate to the state uh, habitat fund or something else, but I went back to the tradition that was founded back in the 50s and 60s when things first started disrupting. Any disruption in the committee was paid for by donuts for the committee, and I'm a man of tradition. Yeah, but do you get to determine where those donuts come from? No. Ah, come on. It's got to be a good donut shop I, in Pier, yeah? Uh, it's reopening, but if it were up to me, they'd come from the bakery <laughs> out here. Because right. those are the best donuts <laughs> in the state of South Dakota, and I'm not looking for free ones, but I'll never turn them down. Not a sponsor of the show yet. <laughs> I didn't say the name. I know, I'm debating. <laughs> but you know no, what I'm talking good, about. Yeah. Well, p- people like in Barron's. Yes? Yeah, Zem's. Yeah, Zem's Bakery. So, I'm, well, I, I, Their I jelly married donuts in, were handed down by angels. <laughs> I married into the Midwest when I met my wife. Uh-huh. And the stories that she has when they would come to Millbank from Minneapolis, because this was their summer home as kids mm-hmm. in, on the lake, um, was to go to Main Street to Shad's. Yeah. That was the, the, I mean, you had to go there. And now when my, uh, when her brother's, Kids, when they come to town, Saturday mornings, Zems. Zems. Yep. It's, and you got to get the peanut cakes. Ah, see, I don't love that. It's not it's not my thing. I, I don't do peanuts, but that is, if in pier, those could be currency. Uh, there's a large, you know, Harold Halverson was a, was a establishment of the state senate from here in Milbank mm-hmm. for three decades out there 
and two of his daughters work in the Capitol yet. <laughs> and work at our uh, LRC. One's a uh, secretary, and well, they're both secretaries in in our Legislative Research Council. And whenever I show up, they're like, "Did you get to the bakery this weekend? We really could use some <laughs> peanut cakes." So I've got to try and get over there right wow. now on my way home. Very nice. Grab some peanut cakes. It always keeps that little touch of uh, shads alive, and yeah, and keeps that history going for the they, people who um, are from there. Yeah, they they're. This is an unpaid ad, <clears throat> Janet. Come on. Um, their maple that they use on their maple cinnamon rolls. Like it's the maple like frosting, any other is, maple in the world. And it's phenomenal. It is. It's light. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's not heavy and sticky and gross. It's just... It's perfect. Mm, it's perfect, absolutely. Just, yeah. just like the, the, the perfect balance of, of jelly and donut in their Bismarck's. And the frosting, oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. Their old fashions are dynamite as well. I know. So you realize next time you're here, we have to bring donuts. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is the interview. John Wick, thanks for coming in again. Anytime. This is this is, this is a blast. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for giving us a little bit of rundown on what's happening in the, the legislature. We, we will need to get together again, uh, either as it ends or right before, however you want to work it, whatever works on your end. Okay. Um, if we do it right before the session closes or come in kind of a wrap up at the end. That's fine. Um, that would be fine. Whatever and do works. do work on the governor because uh, I want to get her in here and, and figure out where she's going and what we're doing there. She's in Washington right now. Oh, she was at some some fundraising event, wasn't she? Or some conference. Oh, conference, wasn't it? Uh, right Is that now, when she was whining about China tariffs? No, she, uh, she was talking about China tariffs, trying to I get those so. to end. And that day, it just turns out that after she said that, China agreed to purchase $1.2 trillion worth of our... China bought rice, okay? <laughs> Donald <laughs> Trump is such a salesman, he sold rice <laughs> to China. Oh, man. And he sold a whole bunch of soybeans. So keep an eye on the markets because I think things are going to get better. $1.2 trillion sale. Really? Trillion. So, I mean, will she take credit for that? No. Okay. I don't. No. Do you think she had a hand in it? No. Okay. It just was Does Trump timing. work with anyone? I don't think he does, does he? Trump does his own thing, but uh, he works with those he trusts, and especially trusts well, his like daughter. That's like four people right Yeah, now. he especially trusts his daughter. Whenever you see her or her husband somewhere, that's where the real work is happening. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, she's out there. It's a National Governors Association. Okay. Uh, Republican Governors Association and Western Governors Association all met at the same time in uh, Washington, D.C., and she's also was named as the vice chair of the uh, uh, governor's uh, biofuels coalition trying to enhance uh, ethanol around the country, uh, more E15 and that kind of stuff. She's the vice chair of the national governor's uh, biofuels push. Okay. The chair is Tim Walls of Minnesota. Ah. How is he? Do you know? Like your little bit of seeing him. In my little bit anything? of my conversations with Minnesota legislators is is they would just give anything to trade with our governor. <laughs> That's well, all I have to say. And on that note, <laughs> on that note, 
I think it's time to end. Thanks a lot. This is the interview. Uh, com is where we're located at. Uh, we have a studio in Millbank uh, on Main Street. If you're ever interested in coming and joining the show, you sure can. Whymillbank at gmail.com is the website. Send us uh, a note if you want. Um, if you're interested in sponsoring these shows, send us a note as well because uh, we have some limited opportunities for sponsorships there. Also, to get this word out even farther, thanks a lot again, John, for coming in and Thank you. giving us your expert insight uh, i wouldn't call it expert i would just but say it's I'm insight <laughs> i'm a citizen legislature hey. who's here to serve fantastic thanks a lot have a great day uh we'll see you next time bye